Welcome to the Everything Podcast, the place for everything education. Whether you're a first-year teacher or a seasoned educator, our mission is to help you employ smart strategies in and out of the classroom. We firmly believe that teacher burnout isn't inevitable. Part inspiration and part implementation, we discuss the why and how to make your classroom effective and sustainable. We're your hosts, Danielle and Nicole. Podcast episode 49. Hey, Danielle, how's the new school year going? It is just underway. My school district kind of eases into it a little bit um, because none of our students come from like a feeder district. We have a half day that's just an orientation for the freshmen because it it is a big school. It's a little intimidating. And then we have an orientation day the following day for just for everybody all together. There are a few half days to kind of get you going at the beginning of the year. How about you? Yeah, that sounds nice. I feel like students probably appreciate that and and can kind of get their feet wet at a a nice pace. So that way they can figure out where their classes are the first day without like, you know, seniors walking around, which could be a little, little intimidating, I think, for some of those students. And if if you're thinking of it from the teacher perspective, which I am, I'm Mm -hmm. new to my school and I'm actually doing the same thing as a student would, walking the halls, trying to understand where my classrooms are and mm-hmm. what my route is. I'm in a few different rooms. So just trying to get really familiar with what I need to do for the first few days. Oh, it sounds like we might have to have a podcast episode all about what to do if you don't have your own room. Mm, you know, I have thought about that. <laughs> because <laughs> It's that's... something I'm constantly talking about with others. And it's something that I feel like there's a lot of, I don't know, mental aspects attached to it it's the idea of like having a home or not having one yes and I I talk about that frequently and this isn't the first time you've had to deal with that right it's not (laughs) so I'm I'm navigating I'm making my way but it's all good today's topic is a little bit a little bit tricky and what we mean by that is our topic is we discuss 9-11 in the classroom and how to do it if you decide And how to do it. Exactly. And how to actually put this to action. And we wanted to make sure this was in a a timely manner for Mm -hmm. you to really put into your classroom um, if if you so choose, because this date is coming up very soon. And we also wanted to sort of tie into what we know about our audience and uh, what we know about our students. And what we know about our audience is that many people have some type of connection to this event in the way that, you know, being around the same age or Mm -hmm. in the same vicinity and just trying to understand our population. And also in the way that we both work with high schoolers in talking about a a very tragic event for, to students who haven't actually lived through it. Yes. Yeah. Most of our listeners have some memory of this, whether they were the teacher in the classroom when the news broke, or maybe like us, they were students in the classroom when the news broke. But now that we have an entire generation of students that this isn't a vague memory. I mean, we're coming up on, we're, we're getting near the 20th anniversary of it's, this. Yeah, it's tough to believe. Um, and I think that a lot of times we might write off going over something like 9-11 as that's what history class is for. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. First of all, based on the high school history curriculum at the very least, there's almost no way they're getting there. 
they have so much ground to cover. I it's, completely agree. That's it's something just not realistic. <laughs> yeah, and speaking to other history teachers, American history or so mm-hmm. on, it's you really you can't touch some of the more recent events and this being a major one of them especially for the area that we're living in. It's right. it's extremely relevant but something that just unfortunately can't be in the curriculum. Yeah, and students have no real way of learning about it if they're not learning about it in their history class because as we already mentioned it's almost 20 years ago that this happened. It's definitely not being covered as a current event. And yet it is relevant to so many of the things that are still happening today, to decisions that are being made. And it affects the kids in our class, even if it doesn't have the same kind of emotional tie that it might have for the teacher in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that I personally don't have a lot of experience with. And i I'm really looking to you, Danielle, to sort of walk us through this. I know you do have experience in sharing tactics to make this discussion really something that's not so politically tied, but more, yeah. of, more of a discussion about all of the other aspects that are so closely related to students' lives, history, how mm-hmm. we discuss current events, um, the aftermath in, in so many different ways. Yeah, I think another reason that people tend to shy away from this other than they think it might be outside of their discipline is because they think it has to be political Mm. in order to cover this issue. And I know when I presented on 9-11 response poetry, which is something we're going to talk about a little bit in this episode um, at a conference when I was in grad school, I didn't get into the politics of it at all. I'm looking at it from my discipline. And yet we had an entire panel of people who were up there kind of discussing in a really academic way what is the appropriate way to remember tragedy, for example, which is the same kind of conversation that you might have around something like the Holocaust. And nobody's saying we shouldn't discuss that in schools. So I think that as long as you are framing it in a certain way, there are so many academic conversations you can have about it without having to make it a us versus them, without having to make it a blame game, things like that. Yeah. I'm so curious to hear how you've infused this into your high school English classrooms. I think that's a a beautiful way to do it, as you mentioned, the poetry aspect, which we're going to touch on but also how we can bring this into other areas as well. And I imagine Mm -hmm. there's a lot of options. I'm thinking about art classrooms as being Mm -hmm. one of them. Um, So great for interdisciplinary kind of options here. A lot of different ways. And my own discipline in high school Spanish curriculum, Mm -hmm. I think about a lot of other tragedies that I do touch on and a lot of other major cultural divides or events. And sometimes I do feel I struggle with trying to trying very hard to be very politically correct, do my best to make this as objective as conversation as possible. And I'd love to hear the way that you really make this less about the politics and more about how this connects back to students. Before I get into I have three, well, three and a bonus um, (laughs) suggestions for lesson plans for how you can incorporate this. Um, In addition to the fact that I just think this is a really important topic to cover for the reasons we've already mentioned, I really like the fact that if you do decide to cover 9-11 in your classroom, depending on what your discipline is, it's a way to expose students to either primary sources or to works of literature that are 
easier for them to understand because it's closer to the language that they actually use. Yeah. I think way too often we just do things chronologically because either that's the way the textbook presents it or it just makes the most sense to do it. I know, especially in like the elementary grades, people frequently will take time out for a particular holiday. For example, they're going to do a scary story for Halloween or even high school teachers might do that with something like Edgar Allan Poe. And it's not just if it's something fun (laughs) to utilize the date, if it makes sense for you. And if you are the kind of teacher who's covering a topic that, uh, or is um, in a subject that, the primary sources, if you're going chronologically, they don't even look like they're written in, in, in English. My, my native speakers in my class are going to look at that text and go, I have no idea what he's talking about. If you're looking at like early American uh, colonists, their journals or things of that nature. It's, it's not the kind of thing that students will identify with. But if you're looking at primary sources or you're looking at literature that's only written 20 years ago, they're going to recognize all the vocabulary there. So So I like to use that as a way to make sure that my students know some concepts in my discipline. So that way, when we are dealing with something that's a little bit older and a little bit harder, they've already got those kind of background skills down. Yeah. Should we get into it? Should we get into three different lesson ideas? I think we should. (laughs) Yes. All right. So I already mentioned that I am personally very interested in 9-11 response poetry and part of the reason is because the poetry surrounding these topics is really interesting and it's really something that tends to engage students even if they don't have a personal connection to it. Um, Two poems that I highly recommend because they are deep enough that you can have really like vigorous conversation about it in the classroom, but they're easy enough that students don't need a lot of background. They don't need to be taught a lot of concepts before the lesson. Like you really could spend a day on it. Billy Collins, the names, which if you go to the show notes, we have a link of Billy Collins performing the poem. Nice. And as he's reading it, you see um, pictures of some of the victims. Very powerful. Yeah. Um, And another one that I highly recommend is Toni Morrison's The Dead of September 11th. And again, we're dealing with something that is not challenging in terms of the poetic structure or anything like that. It's seriously just maybe you decide to have a conversation on gender and the two poems. Mm. for example. So again, if you're like, I really enjoy the idea of presenting this topic, but I don't know how to make it apolitical, I think that would be a great way. Try to incorporate some sort of other lens. Um, Another thing that I like to do when I am teaching American literature, I have a few poems that are by British authors as well, or just authors outside of the United States. And it becomes a question of who's allowed to write 9-11 response poetry? Yes. Does it have to be an American? Does it have to be someone who lived through it? I mean, what a question for the students who maybe they're going to study this for a day or maybe they're going to study it for a few days. But given that they haven't, do they have the the right, if you will, to be writing on this topic? I love that, Danielle. So creative. (laughs) Such an such. 
an inspired way of speaking about something that normally would just be a, a poem handout given to class and just, you know, read, discuss, move on, right? This is an entirely new way of seeing something that's extremely powerful in and of itself, but now you've taken it a step further. And if you typically introduce a poem like, or a poet rather, like Anne Bradstreet, for example, who is writing, you know, hundreds of years ago now, students are not going to fall in love with the poem and they're not going to see how it connects to their lives. But if instead they watch Billy Collins perform the names, they might think, oh, I kind of remember that my uncle said that mm-hmm. he was pretty close to, right. and all of a sudden it feels relevant. Yeah. If English isn't your discipline or if poetry isn't your thing first of all I do think that you could take one of these poems and as Nicole had mentioned earlier make it into an interdisciplinary assignment if you decide to have students um, make art to go with the poem if you are an art teacher for example if you just want to use this in order to introduce trauma theory in a way that makes sense for students I think all of those things um, work really well political cartoons in a history class, I, I think there are plenty of ways to make it work, especially if you know that later you are going to be covering some other unit that deals with trauma in a, a pretty deep way. I think this yeah. is a great introduction. But if uh, poetry isn't your thing, English isn't your discipline, I think my second lesson idea, which I got from Scholastic, and I think it's just so worth featuring, could be used for a variety of disciplines, and that's an oral history project. Yeah, tell us about that. Okay, so I think that sometimes we forget how long ago September 11th was. Yeah. And so we don't realize that this has the potential to be the kind of thing where students can interview people who were there, who survived it, that Mm -hmm. entire um, ordeal. I think that sometimes we identify oral history projects with something, you know, older. (laughs) Yeah. Someone who, for me, I know when I was in high school, I had to do one. um, My great uncle was in in the Vietnam War. And that's the kind of thing I think of when I think of oral history project, a person who fought in a war. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Um, And I think this really opens it up in a much broader way and it lets students understand what their obligation is Mm -hmm. to kind of get in touch with people who have lived through these types of experiences and what it's like to understand a a first person account how maybe you can contrast that with what a newspaper records and how that is different um if this is the kind of thing that's interesting to you we have the link to the original scholastic article and they actually adapt it for younger grades too if high school isn't your subject area which i think is great in speaking to some of my students around Mm -hmm. 9-11 and around the time of year um i find that so often students will say yeah i do have a connection to this event or i know Mm -hmm. someone or i knew someone and when you try and speak about it, even just a little bit further than that, yeah, um, it's tough to do. I feel mm-hmm. that some of my high schoolers, at least, they recognize the maybe memorial in the town square, or yeah, that we take moments of silence, right? But it's mm-hmm. the it's the true discussion around something that they were likely not born yet, right. or they it's something that's 
recent enough that it's not spoken about in the same way that another uh, historical event would have been. So it's right. just an interesting sort of, it's just right on the cusp. Yes, I and think I, so too. Yeah, and I think this is something we want to bring honor and attention to and, and respect. And I think a lot of schools would do their best to mm-hmm. bring about a nice remembrance or a nice way to commemorate this day through whatever actions they, they choose. But as a classroom topic, I don't think I've ever really spoken to anyone aside from you, Danielle, because you're just <laughs> awesome. But anyone else who's really taken this upon themselves to infuse this into what they teach, I, I really just think it's one of those unfortunate and, and just real tragic events that people are, are just a little bit afraid to yeah. talk about. And I think the timing of it too, it kind of creeps up on people because depending on what part of the country you're in, you may have started school very, very recently. Um, And it might be the kind of thing that you're like, I don't know if I should be talking about this with my class a a week into the school year. And that's one of the reasons I like to do these things as kind of a standalone lesson Mm -hmm. because it allows me to maybe evaluate where their writing is at the very beginning. So if before we even look at the poems, if I have a question on the board, like who is given the power to write with authority on a particular event? What gives you the right mm-hmm. to, um, and or even uh, is there a right way to commemorate an event, which is actually going to be the next one that's coming up? I can just kind of check in with where they already stand so we can look at if reading through these poems has kind of changed their minds but it also lets me take a writing sample stick it in a folder early on in the school year things like that and an authentic writing sample too um not just what did you read this summer of course. And Which I know I think is what a lot of people kind of default to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what is comfortable and it's yeah. the, kind of the path of least resistance, especially early on in the year. But I know based on your own curriculum, Danielle, is that you don't move into poetry quite so soon. So having right. this as the introduction is a really great way to get students. I mean, even just hearing you speak on these, like you said, three plus the bonus, I'm, I'm compelled. I'm completely, I want to learn more. I want to discuss. I want to read what these students have to say. And if that was my, as a high schooler, if that was my first mm-hmm. introduction to poetry ever, yeah, I'm in. And if you are in a subject like Spanish, I think it would be so interesting to compare a American newspaper from the day after and a maybe a headline from a Spanish speaking country and see, and maybe even if the students aren't like proficient in the language yet, maybe you're helping them with the actual like verbiage there, but you can still have a really like robust discussion on, hmm, maybe throughout the school year, we should compare how the American press versus a Hispanic newspaper covers the same event. I have done that with a few other topics and Mm -hmm. it is really powerful stuff. I totally believe that. And speaking of really powerful stuff, the panel that I was on when I presented at a conference in grad school that I mentioned earlier, um, the entire panel was discussing just kind of generally the idea of commemoration. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was an interdisciplinary conference at Northeastern. It's called Memory Remains. So everybody who presented was talking about 
some form of com- commemoration. We happen to be on a 9-11 specific panel. But I think this idea of how do we remember and what is worth remembering. These are themes that I know I cover extensively in my classes, but I know that a lot of young adult literature covers this as well. If you're a teacher who teaches the giver, for example, whether it's in middle school or high school, this is certainly something that I think maybe talking about it at the very beginning of the year is really worthwhile. So with that question, is there Mm -hmm. a proper way to memorialize tragedy? So how would you go about that with that lesson number three? What's your take on that? Yeah. So if you give that question as kind of like your warm up or opener or whatever you like to call it, I think a lot of students or maybe you even have students brainstorm, like, how do we remember something as a society? I think there are kind of like standard practices that we have. And then maybe you can have students work in small groups to either evaluate some type of commemoration that we already have. So maybe the tribute and lights, for example, was that an appropriate way to commemorate the event? Or Mm -hmm. do they have a better idea? I mean, if you want to go ahead and share the story about how the person who actually was selected (laughs) to commemorate the Vietnam War in the memorial down in D.C. was a student and not the professor who submitted his who submitted his design as well. I think it's a great way to also kind of empower students and say, like, well, if you were in charge of um, curating a museum, this is what's in the actual museum evaluate it. Or if you were to curate a museum, what would you put in there? Or yeah. what would you leave out? Are, are there some things that shouldn't be in there? Are there some things that aren't appropriate? I know I mentioned trauma theory earlier. And for high school students, it might be appropriate. For lower grades, it might not. Um, one of the texts that I know I don't cover extensively, but it's in our textbook, is uh, Mouse. Which, if you do cover the Holocaust in your uh, English classroom... It is a, it's a graphic novel. Is it okay to make a graphic novel out of tragedy? Mm. Things like that. Um, If you are writing about a topic um, and you're making a work of fiction, is it okay if there's humor in there? Like these are real questions that I don't think have easy answers to. And I think that if you decide to cover 9-11 in your classroom, you really have the opportunity to challenge students' assumptions from the very beginning. And that is a tone I love to set early on in the year. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. And I know we really can implement technology in this as well. Mm-hmm. Having the 9-11 Memorial Museum as yes. a great op- a, a great opportunity to explore a lot of different avenues. And yep. it is something that I think a lot of students it, – it's a big tourist attraction. And yep. for that reason, I know a lot of my students have, have been, have experienced, but yeah. even taking a deeper dive into what, what were the choices around this? And, and if there's no way your students are getting there, because obviously, because we are from New Jersey, we have a, a little bit of a, a leg up yeah. on some people uh, in, you know, throughout the rest of the country and even throughout the rest of the world, um, you can take a virtual tour virtual Um, tour absolutely great we have the link to it in our show notes and 
no matter where you are, if this idea is appealing to you, and this is our, our bonus one, um, but you still feel a little bit uncomfortable with the idea of you being the one to present it, may- maybe you don't have any direct experience with it. And you're listening to this episode thinking, I don't feel like I have the right to be kind of like featuring this or showcasing this to my students. Who am I to present this with authority? Leave it to the pros. Literally, the 9-11 Memorial um, and Museum staff actually have a um, kind of webinar that they run every year and you can sign up for it and have them take your students through everything which again we have the link to it in the show notes so if you feel like this is a topic that because it is so important and still so relevant you want to cover it but you're not sure how go ahead and have somebody else explain it and then go through and maybe utilize one of these other ideas so great. Pa- truly pass it on to the experts and use the tools to make this work for your, for your population. Absolutely. And I even think that modeling that early on, yeah, like I'm the, the teacher in the front of the room doesn't always have to be the end all be all the authority right. on every single thing. But I have a amazing resource with people who are highly knowledgeable about the topic. I'm going to make sure that you're connected with that. Yeah. Wow. We touched on a lot today. Danielle, thank you for sharing all of these fantastic ways that we can make this work in our classroom settings and touch on a topic that we may not normally feel so comfortable using in in the early days of school, but something that truly is so important and something we really would like to recognize. Yeah. And hopefully it makes your students get a little bit out of their comfort zone as well in the best possible way. Yeah. That's all we can ask for. Right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) If you have questions about this or you'd like to extend this conversation further, definitely let us know on our Instagram posts regarding this episode. We'd love to hear from you and maybe even guide you through this process if this is something that you're considering but not quite sure. Or maybe you have a great idea about how to make this work in your classroom. Tell us about it. I give you three and a bonus that is not extensive. (laughs) Tell us what you're doing too. We'd love to hear it. Thanks, Danielle. I'll see you next week. If you'd like to learn more about us and the services that we offer, head to everything.com.